Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy Football Friday from Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The vibes are good. Feel good Friday as Shroppy said it. Man, it's been an awesome little morning preparing for this radio show. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Text us 704-570-9610. We're going to dig into the game day dubs in just a moment. We'll be talking about the Panthers contest against the Vikings. Is this going to be the weekend that we finally get a Panthers victory in 2023? I certainly hope so. We'll get the Bryce Young. Hopefully he is going to suit up officially. Everything is pointing towards him starting for the Panthers against the Vikings, even if he's not 100%. But the reports are that the energy is up, Wes. That That's what they say. He's feeling good. He's not even being the poise. Like, we're not even just hiding the lack of energy with poise. Right? Like with, oh, yeah, he's just really calm, cool, collected. No, he's actually bringing the energy in practice over there, which is great. I wanted to bring the energy, too, because Flounder is a whole mood right now. Yeah, he is. Like, look, so so Flounder's in studio with us. And I saw, I think it was T-Bone put this out there on Twitter, that Flounder, he's starting to rep the Biff Pogey attire. He's starting to roll with the cutoffs here. What made you wear not only a tank top when you went live with Fitty the other night, but you decided to bring the tank top to the studios, guns out. What made you do that today? Well, you know, I just thought, why not show the ladies what they're missing? (laughs) And then none of the ladies responded, so here we are. That's tough. Um, (laughs) No, so the other night, this is the thing. The other night, I went through this explanation. I just got a new television service hooked up at my house. I got a new TV, so I had to get a new service hooked up to the television. I was running incredibly late, um, and I had already said, look, we're going to do the podcast at 9.30. Fiddy's calling me, like, where the hell are you at? So I'm just like, oh, screw it. I'm just jumping on here. Wasn't even thinking. Mm -hmm. Got on, rocking the tank, and uh, people were were (laughs) mystified. (laughs) They loved it. So then I come in the next day. Mac thinks it's like the greatest thing ever. And so I'm like, all right. You know, he says, well, would you wear a cutoff or tank into the station? You should do that one of these days, one of the days this week. I think he was just joking around, not thinking that I would actually do it. So I said, ah, let's lighten the mood on a Friday. You know, we're all in three. We need something. So I came in here. I, I think uh, I think it looks pretty good, although Jeff is not happy with me. Oh, is he really not? Is yeah, that real? He's, he's, he's very concerned that uh, it will offend the people walking the hallways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mid-90s cutoffs were a thing. Like, I had a couple of uh, cutoff shirts. Like, companies were making. I had a Michigan 
Nike cutoff t-shirt. Well, and I'll be honest. I thought I was going to be the first one to wear a tank top or a cutoff here recently because I was waiting for Biff Pogey to actually get a win outside of the game against the South Carolina State Bulldogs in yes. week one. So the next time That's they were going to get a week. victory. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. And so I like it. You and I both, though, made one observation. Yes. That Flounder has a tattoo of the North Carolina logo. Mm-hmm. And you said that you got this on a podcast live. You got it done on a podcast, which you know that radio just runs in your DNA when you're willing to get a tattoo while you're on the mic. Oh, you're right. Yeah, not only on the mic, it was on camera, too. Oh, yeah. That's Love it. You should have. You so, had a video of that? Yes. Yeah. I think it's still up. It's it's an it's a while back now. It's probably like 2018. You got to put that on your dating profile, man. So were, were you doing a show with Fiddy when this was going on? No, it was not with Fiddy. It was a company. Uh, I actually, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure the guy that uh, ran this podcast actually still listens to the station. Uh, his name was Chad Boucher. He's a guy that, uh, ran hustle hands. I believe he still has that brand as well. And there was a podcast that I did with a guy named Jameson Sharp, Jay Sharp, who used to be a music DJ in this area. And so we, for like a year or so, we did this podcast where we would have like local, I, I like local folks on that kind of did like odd end stuff mm-hmm. or like very interesting. And we would interview them. And one of the guys that we did an interview with was a guy that used to work at Black Cloud Tattoo and Piercing. Okay. So, and you so got he all came in here. He actually, the shop that he worked at was where Mac got his belly button pierced <laughs> at one wow. time. On the show. So that. many people may remember that. But yes, he was, uh, the guy gave me a tattoo um, on the air. He also gave my co-host a tattoo on the air as well. So right. that was, that I was really cool. Still here because I want something so, new too. Man. Well, and I'm I, waiting. <laughs> I want something new. And I really wish that Fiddy was doing the show. Fiddy, would you have gotten a tattoo if Flounder was getting one? Hell no. I'm terrified of needles. So that's the reason that you wouldn't when, get one. So that, yeah, because Flounder, we didn't know. We didn't realize that there was the logo. It led me to the listener question of the day. What's the craziest thing you've done to show your fandom for whatever team you support? Because a tattoo, especially live on a podcast, it's pretty high up there. If you get a tattoo for your favorite team, that's how you know you're dedicated. That's fair. No right? take, that, take that Joe and Raleigh who questioned my fandom yesterday because I didn't put Carolina in the college football playoff discussion we were having. Well, I'm I got a tattoo, <laughs> sir. <laughs> That's it. Hmm. I, honestly, it is a trump card. Like, you can just throw that out there and yeah, say, man. I got an NC that, tattoo. That beats everything. I'm a fan. You don't, I know you got a few tattoos, but you don't have anything for Wake Forest, do you? Oh, I do. Oh, you do? Yeah, oh, there right we there. go. Oh, there, there is the logo. I do see it on the forearm. Yeah, man. I've got that. <sighs> Fitty, we're slacking. Got those deeks. Fitty, do you want to I go- thought you were going to ask me if I had something for the 49ers. Oh, do you have one for the 49ers? No, I don't. Okay. But you have one for I'm Wake Forest. I'm thinking about it. But also, is it different if you played for them? Because I'm with it. Like, you can be dedicated. That's just how it is. But if you played for them, it yeah. actually tells a personal story and what sure. you were a part of. Sure. But yeah. this is your life. North Carolina is your life. I've heard Fiddy say it a million times. Now, he yeah. didn't have the tattoo, but it's a part of your life. And so you're showing the dedication. And I, I appreciate can't believe, that. I can't believe that you wouldn't actually get a tattoo. I mean, especially, like, if you got you got a couple adult beverages in you, I think you could, I think you could do it. Yeah, I think you'd be all right. Even though you're not supposed to when you get a tattoo. True. Drinking, I mean, exactly. But, but you I can find some people that would do it. Lit. Oh, I'm sure I there's plenty of people that have done it. a little buzzed, maybe. We, you should prop, uh, propose to him if he 
if the Tar Heels won a championship, the next Carolina basketball championship, he should get one. Yeah, uh, that would be sweet. That's what I think. What do we have to do you to get cried, you to get You told us yesterday how you sobbed like a baby when they won <laughs> and things of that nature. So with that type of dedication, you should commemorate your love for the Tar Heels and get that thing on your skin. Well, here's the thing. They're going to lose a game this year somewhere along the way where his confidence is going to waver and That's he's going to say there's no chance that this team wins. And I'll be like, all right, well then, because what, what was it last year? If they came back and won the title last year wasn't it that you had to change your name to hubert davis legally <laughs> so i mean yeah we can work this in we can work this in all right let's do something i, I want to figure out a way to get fitty to go ahead and get that tattoo somehow if they win a championship just for some reason you know overcome your fear of needles even if they're just a couple of beers that you need to get the job <laughs> done because that would show the dedication and i don't think it's a lack of love for your team as to why you wouldn't get a tattoo. Yeah, no, because I was born into being a Tar Heel fan. Um, I didn't have to be converted like my co-host over there does. Or did. <laughs> Do you have a tattoo? No. I'm just saying. Like, it's tough. When no. you got a tattoo, you're going to win a lot of those dedication battles, man. That's Flounder. I want to know. He is the inspiration for the question of the day. What is the, I guess, biggest display of fandom that you've ever shown? What is the most you've ever shown dedication to your squad? That's what I want to know. 704-570-9610. Flounder, we appreciate it, man. Oh, of course, buddy. I'm uh, the beautiful Flounder. Helping to program your show. So uh, have a great Friday. No, seriously, have a great Friday, fellas. And hopefully the Panthers, please, for the love of God, for our sanity, Pull out a victory. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's try to let's talk about some of the keys to victory for the Panthers going into this game against the Vikings. Let's pull up to the scene. Mr. Josh Fitty Marlowe, open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Young addressed his injury during a Q&A with the media just yesterday. Here's what the number one overall pick had to say about missing some time in the game against Seattle. Now, assuming we're uh, we're assuming he'll be ready to go against the Vikings. Do you know when you were injured against the Saints? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm honestly, I, I don't. Was it something that after the game, you, you know, like when did you first feel like you were hurt? Yeah, um, you know, after after the game was, um, you know, kind of when it when it all came about. And any thought that turf may have contributed? Uh, no, my my, I haven't thought about that at all. Can you describe what, 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 I mean, just the pain is when we watch you walking out there, there's, there's no limp. So is there, is this a situational situation where if you turn one way, that's when it starts to feel pain? What was that pain like? Um, you know, it's just, you know, it's a part of the game, you know, um, you know, it, it's a part of it. Um, and, you know, for me, it was just, just listening to the, to the training staff. Sounds like, um, you know, they obviously, they, they know all the, you know, I'm, I, I try to do everything I can to know the football side and I'm just in the same way that they know, you know, they, they know the body, they know the medical side of it. Um, so that was, just you know that was just the, the decision that was that was that was you know that was made I, I trust them uh, I know it was the right thing um, so you know I I, I kind of I don't really know all the specifics you know I know the I know what what you know I know what happened but I know again what it as far as um you know the decision was exactly <laughs> oh. what it what it should have been so um you know I, for me it's just focusing on the game well that clears it up right okay all right how much does this feed into the conspiracy this West sounds Brian? like massive cap all right <laughs> for those of you out there have you ever seen menace to society and we all know the famous scene when he pulls O-Dog in for questioning. 
And old dog, he asked him where was he at the night of. No, it's it Kane. Kane, Kane. Sorry, yeah. pulls Kane in. It says what happened the night. You know you done bleeped up, yeah. right? You know you done bleeped up, right? <laughs> you know you done bleeped up. You know because you, you said up. you did this. Bryce you got Young, the bottle. Of my beer. goodness. Now listen, I never played the NFL level, but. When you play football, man, if you get an injury that causes you to miss a game, you're going to remember when it happened. You you can't tell me your adrenaline was pumping so hard that you had no clue when you sprained your ankle bad enough that you couldn't play in the next game, especially an ankle sprain. You're going to know when that happens, okay? So then the fact that he just started just and then and I I and yeah and I, I saw and yeah, yeah, yeah. woo boy come on man that 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 sounds very uh fishy to me and it definitely feeds into the conspiracy theorist that this injury was a hoax and maybe they just gave him a week to sit down and gather himself but yeah now after that type of response when you're fumbling bumbling stumbling rumbling tumbling over your words yeah man that, that doesn't sound right man so we have that soundbite <laughs> it's 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 hilarious to be honest with you bryce had no clue what to say clearly in that situation here's another soundbite from bryce which might might be quotes <laughs> might be a little bit more clear but I still think that there's some problems if you believe in a conspiracy. Here's the other comment from Bryce on how last week wasn't just a week off. If you're missing a practice, you're missing a game. It's not just a mental break. It's not just a, all right, I'm, you know, I'm now I'm just watching as a fan. Um, you know, you still try to play the game from the sidelines. Um, you know, you still try to do everything you can to help the team, um, do everything you can to, to help, um, you know, in this case, to help, to help Andy and, and um, you know, to, to just try to communicate as much as possible. And then um, throughout the week, still go through the same preparations, still, um, you know, still look through and watch the same amount of stuff just to keep yourself in that routine. So uh, just being consistent and making sure that um, even though I wasn't able to play, Play, um, still was able to get something out of the week. Right. I like the phrasing though. It's not just a week off. Like, yeah, you were injured, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I did, look, I did not buy into the conspiracy. What I really think happened is that Bryce Young was a little hurt, and you know the old cliche: there's a difference between playing injured and playing hurt. I think there was something that wasn't 100% with Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. I think if you know, Doctor, is it is it uh, I think is it David Chow on Twitter who usually provides the analysis mm-hmm. right on the as soon as he sees the injury, you're talking about him putting out some video analysis of what could go wrong. There was the tweet from him on Bryce Young saying, "Yeah, this is probably something he would normally suit up for. Maybe he's at 85%, something like that." And this is what I buy into. I think he probably wasn't 100%. I think the Panthers used that as an excuse to give him a break. Andy Dalton comes in. There has been the narrative about him learning so much from Andy Dalton, whether it be how to lead practice, whether it be how to bring the energy, bring the juice, whether it's to actually throw the football and try to squeeze the football into those tight windows, even if you don't feel like there's a lot of separation, which is true. And I feel like you're hoping that the reset button, you know, may, maybe they just needed to blow into the Nintendo cartridge for this thing to, you know, shake the cobwebs, get the dust out, and sure. then get ready to roll again against the Vikings. That's probably where I end up with the conspiracy and the actual, the actual injured part. I'm meeting somewhere in the middle where probably there are elements of both that are true. Yeah, I mean, it just didn't help his cause much when you get on there and you just can't really pinpoint things because I just feel like a sprained ankle is something that you know in that moment in time, oh my God, my ankles hurt, something just happened because normally it's going to be 
somebody lands on it or you land on it wrong, try to cut maybe, and it doesn't go the way you want it to go. So uh, that's just the funny thing about that. But at the end of the day, we're here. He's playing on Sunday, and now you just got to come out and play some ball. There are a lot of people that dig the Menace to Society example. That scene is fantastic. That's a great meme. Because there, is there a scarier interrogation than that guy? I Plus mean, his voice, it was low and whispering. He's, like, he's you know, pointing at you. Know you. Know you you know you messed up. Bro. And he's pointing. You, you know you done messed up, right? Right. <laughs> you know you done messed up. You got the bottle. It's that, and then Kane's like, I, I, but I, so yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. So you know you done messed up. <laughs> you got the bottle of beer at 1040. A lot of people are writing in. Mr. Sarcastic wrote in, Bryce and um, you know, young. Kevin and Charlotte said he sounds like a kid who is lying for one of his parents. No doubt. There are a lot of people. This is another fun one, right? We can go to the most dedication you've ever shown to your team. A lot of people are writing in answers to that. We'll get to that in a moment. But also, I want to know, what did Bryce Young sound like? Because a lot of people are rolling with those examples. <laughs> Casey Steve wrote in on the text line, that sounded like a teenager getting asked by his dad where he was with his friends last yeah, night. Yeah, my son answered me like that, man. I'm automatically dismissing whatever comes after <laughs> yes. that. I'm like, man, get out of here. Burberry Gary, we could tell Bryce never told a lie in his life. <laughs> 704, he was all over the place. Bagel guy, all those words, and Bryce Young said nothing. Say less. Chris from Belmont, he's so uncomfortable telling lies. That's how it sounded, man. That's absolutely how it, it sounded. Last thing, I did want to get to some of the some of the topics here um, for most determination or dedication you've shown to your team. Walker said, or excuse me, Joe Gibbs said, Walker, oh boy, what a topic. Eighth grade, a ninth grader threw my Redskins hat out of the bus window, told him to get off the bus, and he got his bleep whoops. Damn. Yeah, you don't. That that's just also personal pride. Yeah, that's, from Joe yeah, Gibbs, that's what I'm saying. You could have had any hat on. No, I'm with you. No, I'm. It's but a he good definitely. Story. I'm sure he held the Redskins hat in more regard. Yes, for the se- Washington football team. Yeah, the the Commanders. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Seven oh four said had season tickets at Virginia Tech since 04, Only missed one game. It's been okay. a tough five six years. All right. So to answer the question of the day, the fact that I'm on the way to Blacksburg right now. Hey, safe travels, my man. With uh, five handles of wild turkey to get through it. Oh boy. Yeah, you probably need it watching Virginia Tech right now, but still, it sounds like it's going to be a great party at least. My man, drink responsibly. That turkey, man. I've, I've had I've had some nights with that turkey. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of turkey. Let's go to uh, the game day dubs on the other side of the break. We'll take a break and then talk about who's the coach with the most pressure. What is a key factor that's being overlooked? Lots of questions to answer on the other side. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Gobble, gobble! Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Bryce was listening to this before the press conference. All right. Let's gear up. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. I love this song, man. It's a good one. It's one of my favorite old school songs. I love this song. What you got for us, Fitty? No, nothing. Very well, dynamic yeah. by Fitty. Let me also point that out. Yeah. I know he likes his flowers to be delivered daily. So. <laughs> daily? Yeah. I, hourly? I segmently? I was going to go hourly as well. <laughs> yeah. He does. He wants his flowers right now. Yeah. Did you guys hear the song? Did you hear it? He didn't even say it. I, I'm not going yeah, to do it. He just sits there and he waits to yeah. see if we're going to give him his credit. Brian sent it to me for, for me to play, but. Oh, okay. You know, still good job out of him, but I still had the one to press the button. So who gets the ultimate credit? It's, true. it's still me. Of Thank you, Brian, though, for dapping into the dynamicism. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say, too. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt a couple times in a row. Yes, you can get the credit. Big shout out to Brian. Always helping us out. Very much appreciated. I did want to remind everybody, by the way, next weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series is returning to Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Bank of America Roval 400 and WFNZ. We have your chance to win some tickets. If you want a shot to see all of the playoff action, text keyword speed, text speed and only speed. I don't want anything else. Just text speed to the WFNZ text line at 704-570-9610 to get registered to win. We'll pick a winner if you text speed 704-570-9610. You can get some tickets to the America Rebel 400 and uh, we'll announce that winner, I guess, a little bit later on. All the shows are doing it, so make sure you stay tuned and don't miss your Everybody's chance to win doing some tickets. It. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's <laughs> Everybody. Everybody who's anybody, to be honest That's with you. Right. I do want to go back to the text line. Some of the more uh, determined displays that you've ever had for your team. NASCAR Brad wrote in, when the Panthers made the Super Bowl, they let me literally stand up on top of the table inside the restaurant yelling, let's go Panthers. Okay. That's pretty wild. good. Let's wild out an ass car, Brad. Um, we can go to a couple of the other texts about Bryce Young. You guys, you guys have seen the meme of Kevin James as Doug Heffernan with his hands in his pocket, giving you a little smile at the camera. So that meme is going crazy right now. It is. Wreck-It Ralph in Kannapolis said, here's Bryce at the podium, and it's Kevin James as Doug Heffernan. I was injured. <laughs> That's a great one. Honestly, I tried to do as best as I could to reveal that to the audible medium that radio is. Great, great text from Wreck-It Ralph. Lifelong rule hater. Sounds like Bryce took Matt Rule speech class. A lot of people coming in with the Matt Rule comparisons mm -hmm. at the podium. At least he didn't drop at the end of the day. At least, least. at least he didn't do that. <laughs> Jackson, last one, he did say as far as you know the the craziness that he showed for being a fan of a team. Jackson said, I continued going to Hornets games last year. That says enough. <laughs> I like it. They really did break us down with all those injuries, man. It was tough. Yeah. No fault of the Hornets at times. Some fault. LaMelo getting hurt. Not really anybody's fault. But it was rough. It was rough to pull for him. I would, I, oh, I was going to say with the, with the fan things, back when I was a big Lakers fan, I trash-talked KG at the Epicenter one time. Oh, you picked the wrong one, too. It feels well, like. he was walking the other way, but. So say I that said, again. I yelled it so he could hear what I was saying. Can you tell us what you were saying? I said the Lakers are going to kick y'all's ass this year. 
Okay, that's not awful. Yeah, I yelled that out. But he would be somebody to yell back at you. Oh, he was lit. You know how KG is. Like, I could see him gesturing and stuff, like, as he was walking. No, as he was walking, like, it was like he was cranking himself up, getting himself hyped, like, as he was walking away. Gotcha. Well, I mean, Fiddy, let's, I guess, let's stay on this topic because (laughs) you you gave us a couple of examples. I wanted a crazy story from you because I know you're outrageous. Mm hmm. What are a couple stories to show that you are as dedicated as Flounder is, despite not having a tattoo? Yes, yeah, sophomore year of high school, I was I had a, a girlfriend, and she was like a quote unquote Duke fan, and I told her straight up, I was like, if we lose, uh, I'm breaking up with you because I'm not going to be able to to deal with you if we lose to Duke, and it was it was the game where Carolina blew a 16 point lead in the second half, and uh, sure enough, yeah. Like that night, I just told her, I was like, uh, not going to date you anymore. Wait, what year was this? This would have been, this was an Austin River shot. No, no. That was when they blew a 10-point lead in two yeah. minutes. This was Kendall Marshall's uh, freshman year. Okay, that's right. They were up 49-33, to 33, and then all hell broke loose. Did she think you were playing? And then what did she say when I'm she sure told she did. her? No, no. I, no, she knew. Like, she knew that I was, like, that adamant because, like, I mean, Duke days are different. Like, I didn't talk to her the day of the game because there was that much nervous energy going into it. <laughs> Damn. What did she say afterwards? Or did she ever try to, did she come back and be like, hey, you know, I know what you said, but let's fix this. We dated again the next year. Oh, good for you. Okay. Has a ginger wife has me rolling over here. I'm not going to read this text. No. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate it when I laugh and I can't reveal something because the listeners just don't know, but it just got me. Sometimes texts will just get you. And the other thing is, you didn't even go to prom. Skip both my proms because because I thought Carolina had Final Four caliber teams. And they didn't even go. Nope. The one year they lost Elite Eight, that was tough. Yeah. Because I wanted to go to the Final Four. Screw prom. Um, but, yeah, missed. And the senior year, I had a girlfriend. And, and at the time when we were planning, I was like, I'm not going. So wait, but, but you didn't call an audible to just go ahead and go to prom even after. Because it's not like you had to. I mean, was there a RSVP? Like, did you have to, I guess, did you just not get Yeah, did you buy your ticket? No, I mean, it was, and it's also like, as much as there was pain that we weren't in the Final Four, it's my favorite sports Saturday of the year. I'm not missing Final Four Saturday. All right, man. One Saturday out of your life to go to the prom. Prom was fun, man. Yeah, prom was fun. (laughs) 704, you know, shocked Fiddy is still single, you know? Don't be a Duke fan and don't have Duke beat North Carolina. (laughs) Certainly don't have them give up a monster deficit. All right, let's go to the game day dubs. Let's go a little rapid fire here. Maybe try to fit these in, if not this second. We will get through them at some point throughout the show. Coach with the most pressure, the who in the game day dubs. Wes? Is it Kevin O'Connell? Is it Frank Reich? Is it a coordinator? You can roll with the coordinator if you want to. Who is the coach with the most pressure in this game Sunday? No, no doubt about it. It's Kevin O'Connell from the Vikings because you win 13 games the previous year. Now you're coming out here with zero wins to show for the three football games that you've played. So I think that his clock has started. If he does not right the ship, who knows what's going to happen in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins could be traded by the deadline. Uh, There's a lot at stake here for the Minnesota Vikings because up there, because we see teams that start the season 0-2, 0-3 that do bounce back and end up making something of their seasons. And I would think that the Vikings will be a candidate for that, even though the defense isn't where you want it to be. But offensively, they're so potent. I think they can get to some points where they can overwhelm some teams and be able to play just enough defense. And so I would think it's going to be Kevin O'Connell because 
Yeah. If uh, he didn't win this game and they're 0-4, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be good for him. I think it's Frank Reich. Really? Do I don't tell. Not job security. Pressure means different things. Sure, sure. Right? So, not job security. Frank Reich's not going to get fired if they lose. Mm-hmm. But Panthers fans are already fed up. And if Frank Reich's an offensive coach, and there are already people wanting the play-calling duties to go to Thomas Brown, so there's pressure there. You need your number one overall pick to perform. It's not happening. Even if we have these excuses in, right, where the offensive line is atrocious, especially interior pass protection, that's the worst. Left tackle, not getting any better. That's been bad the last couple of games for Mickey Aquanu. I think Kevin O'Connell, he's an offensive-minded coach. He's coming off of a 13-win season last year. They overperformed last season. I think a lot of people expect them to take a dip this year, and the offense is performing well. Running game, not so much. But the offense overall, they're scoring enough points. Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator, I thought about him, but he's a new guy. He's coming in with not a ton of talent on that side of the ball anyway. I go to Thomas Brown. People want him. There's no pressure on him right now. There's not enough responsibility. Averro's doing a good job. I think Frank Reich is the answer just because of all the pressure on him from the Panthers fans needing to see something pretty soon. And you're dealing with a very delicate number one overall pick right now that's not performing. And you just are coming. You're coming off of an Andy Dalton performance where he threw for 360 yards. I can I, see that. I think it's Frank Reich, but I'm with you. It's it's tough because if you come out and lose this game for sure, I, I can see where you're going with it because. If you lose this game and don't have near the offensive production of what you had in Seattle, people will be looking at Frank like, for one, why didn't you keep Andy Dalton in? And two, like, what's going on? The offense isn't any better with this kid. So I can see that. And if you don't get the win here, you got Detroit, who looked very good yesterday. And then you got Miami. Then you got Miami. Yeah. That's tough. Let's go on to the next one. The what? Um, What is a key factor that's being overlooked? I'll go first on this one. I think a key factor that's being overlooked is the running back snap count. So here we are discussing the running, the running game for them only ran it nine times with miles Sanders in this last game against Seattle and Chuba Hubbard has not been involved. I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Chuba has been very good in pass protection and there's not been a ton of snaps, but when there have been the blitz that he needs to pick up, the pass protection has been very good for him. If you look at the snap count for each of these two running backs, Miles Sanders has played 57%, 62%, 65% of the snaps in the first three weeks. Chuba, very similar, 36%, 37%, 34%. 41 rushing attempts for Miles, only 12 from Chuba. And that's nine in the first week, Wes. You're talking about three carries in the last two games for Chuba Hubbard. Chuba has 60 yards after contact on 12 carries. Miles Sanders has 91 on 41. So you're talking about Chuba just being the better rushing running back overall. Miles Sanders, the better pass catcher. We know Chuba struggled in that regard. But now you have this weird third down responsibility distinction of Chuba being good in pass protection, Miles being a better receiving back. How is Frank Reich going to deal with the heavy blitzing defense that Brian Flores brings where you have a guy that you could throw it to in Miles Sanders real quickly, Chuba Hubbard that's going to pick up the blitz and help protect your number one overall QB that has not been protected to this point. I'm fascinated to see the running back split between these two guys. Yes, and you talk about the running back split, and I also am fascinated to see the running back production. When you look at this Carolina Panthers team, 
They're sitting there right now, 18th in rushing yards per game. They're down almost 40 yards per game rushing than what they were last season. Last season, they averaged 130 rushing yards per game. This season, they're under 100, just under 99.3. But still, you want to be doing really well when you consider teams like Miami, Philly, San Fran, all of these teams are over 150-plus per game rushing. Uh, This is the defense in the Minnesota Vikings, especially a rush defense that's in the bottom 15 of the league. And so you should be able to exploit that. When you look at PFF grades that we look at all the time on here, this defensive line, not very good at all. You're talking about a team that has a interior defensive lineman with a 28.7 grade for the season. That's 105th out of 105 eligible players. So when you look at a defensive line that's right for the taking, then they need to come out and try to run a football, establish it and stick with it and see if they can provide some success, provide some uh, defined looks for Bryce Young as well. Not that he necessarily needs it, but give him, throw him a couple of bones, you know, where he gets a couple of good, easy, nice completions based off the success of the run game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see Chuba Hubbard production, Miles Sanders production, how both of them are used. So fascinating to see how that shakes up. Okay, where? You start here, Wes. Where do the Panthers have the advantage in this game? Something you feel comfortable with Carolina saying, okay, that is one where I feel they're going to outperform their counterpart on Sunday. Wow. Okay. Um, I got one if you want me to go. No, if I was to pick a, a place where they have an advantage right now, it's, I mean, I'll say with the play, if they continue to play the way they did against Seattle, I think Chark and Thielen should be able to uh, make plays against this Minnesota secondary. Again, when you go to the analytics, this is not uh, a great group for them, even though they have one of the better safeties playing right now. Harrison Smith, we know he's been a good player uh, for a while, and they got a pretty decent uh, slot corner and a kid out of Michigan, Josh Metellus. But other than that, you know, this is a secondary combined with the fact of the defensive line that I just talked about that doesn't seem like they're going to provide much. We talked about their sack numbers being down. So, yeah, Thielen and Chark, they showed a lot of promise last week. I'm not saying they're going to be, hell, the Michael Irvin and Jerry Rice out there, but these two look like they're capable of making plays when given the opportunity. So I feel like if they have a little bit of an advantage, it's there with Carolina's wide receivers if they continue to play like they played, uh, pick up where they left off in Seattle. I think I'm surprised to see that the offensive line has done a pretty good job protecting Kirk Cousins. If you just start to look at their pass block grades and what they've been able to do, keeping Kirk Cousins upright, finding Justin Jefferson downfield, Jordan Addison having a couple of deep touchdown plays this year. Derek Brown, I think, is going to have to have a big game. That's where I think you have the advantage. So on the outside, you have a couple of tackles that are balling. Speaking of, I I mentioned Derek Brown, little boying, Chris Lindstrom. Have you seen the Darasaw tape? Have you seen some of these clips from Christian Darasaw? There are some monster plays from him where he'll block his guy. His guy falls down. He goes and helps the offensive lineman right next to him, chips him, pushes him down, and then has enough time to recover to block his original guy. <laughs> I, he's, I mean, nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Trent Williams is the nastiest offensive tackle in the league. There's not anybody that's going to compete with him. But just as far as pure nasty bleep that you see on a field – there are some fun clips to watch in pass protection. Pass protection is not passive, right? That's what good offensive linemen will say. It is not. Darisaw lives by that mantra. I will put you on the ground, even if I'm not run blocking, even if I'm standing up, you know, and making sure that Kirk Cousins stays uh, stays upright. Also, you have on the other side, Brian O'Neill doing a good job in the middle. 
there have been some good run blocking grades for those guys. Center, you know, even even the guard and Ed Ingram, who has 155 pass blocking snaps. But I think Derek Brown, can you get interior pass rush on Kirk Cousins? He can't step up into the t- uh, into the pocket. So that means he can't find Jordan Addison. Even if he's open, you can't find him down the field. You make it harder for Justin Jefferson to get the ball because you know no corner is going to be able to cover him on this squad. Derek Brown, if he has a big game, that's going to be huge. And I think you actually do have the advantage heading in on Sunday. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think that that's a great example as well. Derek Brown has been the best defensive Panther this season to me. I mean, that man is playing like he's he keeps a copy of Dexter Lawrence's contract up in his locker that <laughs> yeah. he looks at every game before he goes out, man. 20 tackles for an interior player, but he's also playing defensive end in that 3-4 scheme. He, he's having a phenomenal year so far. All right, so let's go to the first 50 flash of the day. We'll go back to the when and the why a little bit later on in the show when we find enough time. But it's time for the first 50 flash of the show. What you got for us, Fitty? Fitty. Earlier in the week, a historic achievement for Ronald Acuna Jr., who stole his 70th bag, but an even bigger achievement last night for the Braves, who locked up home field advantage throughout the MLB playoffs. They'll be at home for the NLDS, the NLCS, and if they were to make it to the Fall Classic, they have home field advantage after they won their 103rd game last night while sweeping the Cubs. And also, earlier in the week, the Orioles, they lost one of their all-time greats, Brooks Robinson, that team has responded since. They've now clinched their first AL East title since 2014. And, you know, I know Baseball Walker doesn't nearly exist the way that I want it to, but you grew up liking baseball. Yeah. Playoff baseball at Camden Yards is one of the better environments on all of postseason sports. Excited to see playoff baseball back in that city. Orioles have always been one of these weird secondary teams that I've pulled for. I've liked a lot of their players in in the last decade or so, the last 15 seasons. They've had a fun history. And the fact that this has become America's team, everybody was on. Remember when the broadcast was suspended for just stating a fact just a couple of months ago and then we all rallied behind the broadcaster and now here we are all rallying behind the Baltimore Orioles a lot of fun to see them successful and win the division in a division of course that includes yeah, Giants they signed like Boston a new and New deal York. too they'll be in Baltimore for 30 more seasons so uh, the Orioles a staple of Charm City all right let's go to the around the NFC South segment what do we expect from the Saints if their car can't play and who are we pulling for between the Saints and the Buccaneers. That's going to be a tough one. We try to answer it. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 90. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
Preston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We ask the question, who are you going to be rooting for between the Saints and the Bucks? And if Derek Carr, if he goes down and he's not going to play this weekend, then do you think Tampa Bay is the favorite? We ask both of those questions. We did get one text from 336 writing in that they're easily rooting for the Buccaneers. Mathematically, it makes sense because we have two left against the Bucks, but also bleep the Saints and those cheaters. Yes, it escalated very quickly from 336. Just watched a doc on Bounty Gate. Cheating scandal worse than any others in recent memory. Yeah, a lot of people got some hate for the Saints, more so than the Buccaneers. So even if it's hard to choose for a division rival to pull for, I would have to imagine most people are pulling for Tampa Bay for the reason that we don't think the Buccaneers are as good as the Saints and the fact that we probably just hate the Saints more than the Bucs anyway. Yeah, I think that when you look at it, you you take advantage of the fact that their car is not going to play in this game. So it keeps the Saints kind of within striking distance. Not that I'm saying that the Panthers could catch up or win the NFC South or anything, but in the event that they have a turnaround like they had last year, the Saints, if they take an L in this game and cars not available for a little bit more time, that could kind of keep them with the pack. Yeah, somebody wrote in 704 bucks. Please keep them far away from a top quarterback in the draft. That's I- a, uh, that's a good yeah, That's no a good reason. I, I guess I don't know if they're meaning that they want to keep Tampa Bay away from a top QB because I, yeah. we don't think the Saints are going to be in that territory. I think they're going to win too many games. So I'd have to imagine they're pulling for the Saints because they don't want the Bucks to get up there. Yeah, in 703, Bucks, I don't want Caleb Williams in this division. So uh, yeah, I guess yeah, you're pulling for the Bucks so they don't lose mm-hmm. as many games. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yep. And then short bearded dude giving us an answer that I thought we might get more frequently. Can they just both lose? I think a lot of people would want that. <laughs> Maybe a tie, both losing somehow. Um, if you're a Panthers fan, I do think you're pulling for the Saints or excuse me for the Bucks. The Bucks in this one for the quarterback reasons that people brought up. I think those are great points uh, from the text line and also just because. If there is a shot for Carolina to catch up to anybody, then it would be Tampa Bay to me a little bit more so than it would be New Orleans. Yeah, I think so, too. And and I agree with you. And I think that uh, Panther fans, most of them will be rooting for for them. And this is going to be an intriguing game. Jameis Winston, at quarterback, we'll see, you know, if he can provide that depth and get a win for them. Maybe he'll eat his fingers after the game. Uh, we don't know, you know, how that's going <laughs> to turn out. But uh, let's go eat that W. <laughs> is that the weirdest thing? Yeah. What would you do if you were protecting for Jameis Winston and then he talked to you about eating a W? Would you get amped up for that, or would you look at him? Yeah, you know, I would. To the side eye. Well, you'd get amped up. Yeah, because I mean, you know, Jameis definitely he did some stupid stuff in college, but he seems like a guy that would be pretty cool. I mean. Got to respect his work ethic. Oh, I know. So I would, no, I'm just saying all of that would play into how I would react to things that he does. So if my quarterback is trying to get lit like that, I would probably get hype off of that. You would just go with it. See, yeah. that's what makes you a good left tackle. Yeah, man. I'm not going to make my quarterback look stupid. So let's eat the bleeping dust. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why does it sound so much better coming from you than Jameis? <laughs> I talk about how it tastes and all that. Pause. <laughs> what is a better pregame speech? Let's go eat a W or... 704-980. Let's go. That's a good one, too. You think he ever just walked in the locker room and said that and walked out? <laughs> 704-980. Let's go. If the quarterback just walk said out. it, Wes would somehow justify it. Yeah, guys. 704. Yeah. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm, like, I'm from the 704. You not, but it doesn't matter because we in the 704. Here's a text from Mr. Research. Is this drum texting in? 
Mr. Research, <laughs> go ahead, get on, get on the computer, get on the internet and search for us. Y'all both are crazy. There's no way I would pull for Baker Mayfield of the Buccaneers. I want him to go three out of 25 for 60 yards and four interceptions. Woo, that'd be a horrible game. I forgot about the hatred for Baker a little bit more so. And, and the fact that he plays for Tampa Bay. Double dose of hate? Yeah. Yeah. It can't be more than the Saints for me, but I, I did overlook that aspect from Mr. Well, Research. I think his hate is rising here because he's playing well. And yeah. A lot of Panthers fans are saying, man, no why couldn't you do that for us? I just wonder, like, did, did the Panther fan hatred for Tampa start to come back to life when, when Tom Brady went there, won a Super Bowl? Now your former quarterback who played like complete and utter ass was the worst quarterback in football last year. Now... Three games so far there looks to part because I didn't I didn't grow up hating Tampa Bay. I didn't like them, but I always hated New Orleans and Atlanta a whole hell of a lot more. It certainly provided more hate when Tom Brady was there and they were good. But you got to remember Gerald McCoy, who was a defensive tackle for the Carolina Panthers, at least for a season, and then got hurt. But you're talking about that guy having, I think, never reached the postseason in his entire tenure. With the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're you're talking about a long time before they were really relevant. Three division champs for Carolina, so or division titles. So Carolina's getting to the Super Bowl. They're winning the NFC South, even if they don't have back-to-back winning seasons. You didn't go too long without a postseason berth until the streak we're in right now. Tampa Bay, they did. And so that's why it was always easier to hate the Saints, where even when they went 500 those three straight years, and there was legitimate conversation surrounding Sean Payton's job security. I remember coming into that one year after the third straight, like seven and uh, you know seven and nine season, whatever it was, there was legitimate conversation about him being gone. And then they draft Marshawn Lattimore, they draft Alvin Kamara, they hit the postseason a few times in a row again. Then our hatred grew once more for the Saints. But Fiddy brings up a good point. We just didn't hate the Bucks because they weren't any good. That always. Oh! On a it. Friday. Is it official, Fiddy? It is official. Bryce Young has cleared from the injury report. He is good to go for Sunday's home game against Minnesota. Uh, Xavier Woods, of course, he's already out and questionable. Frankie Louvu, Miles Sanders, and Jonathan Minga, who remains in concussion protocol. Wait, those last few names, those those guys are going to be out? Questionable. So Frankie okay. Louvu, uh, hip, was limited at, at practice. Miles Sanders, groin, did not practice today. And then Jonathan Mingo is in concussion protocol. Miles Sanders might be out. We've been operating under the assumption that Bryce Young was going to start. So we've already talked a lot about him playing against Minnesota. It's nice to see that he's off the injury report. I do want to take this time to ask the win question here and sprinkle that in because Jonathan Mingo, still in concussion protocol. I don't know if he's going to play, if he's going to be cleared in time. But the question for the win category was, is this going to be the game when Jonathan Mingo steps up? And if he doesn't play, then it can't be that time. Right. This seems like a good opportunity for him if he's out there. And I don't know if he's going to be out there. That's a real miss. Just like we talked about how big of a contest this was for your number one overall QB and a high draft pick. I thought the same thing. Because you even said the wide receivers who have been great, Adam Thielen had a big old game against Seattle, but this could be another one where the wide receivers give you some production, including Mingo. Like there's a shot that he could have a breakout game, whatever that means to you. And that would be a big miss if he's not able to go. Yeah, it would be. And so fans are waiting on him. A lot of fans have high hopes for him, especially early on with the absence of Chark and, 
at basically just being Thielen out there. A lot of people thought that he would step up and be productive. We've yet to see that yet. We've yet to see why the Panthers were high enough on him to take him in the second round. So a lot of people want to see really what he's got. We only got small, small doses in the preseason and haven't gotten virtually anything in the regular season. Um, Fluke Juki writes in, the NFC South hatred level in order. Falcons, Sean Payton, Saints, Bucks. (laughs) Bucks. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that way. A few more texts that we're getting in real quickly before we leave here, Wes. Miles Sanders, not getting a lot of love. He's not. People are ready for Chuba. They want him to be the running back. <laughs> Turn your mic on and do that again. Turn your mic on. Okay, Damn, let's just hear the Chuba and Chuba, 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 Chuba everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that for the rest of time. Chuba, 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 chanting everywhere. What? <laughs> People want Chuba Hubbard, Wes. They do. Uh, have you felt like Miles Sanders has been that unproductive here in the first three games? Because a lot of people are over it already. Three games into his Panthers tenure. Yeah, especially when you talk about the money that he got and the performance that Deontay Foreman had at that last half of the season last year, being one of the league's best rushers. So now with Miles Sanders coming in with that Philadelphia pedigree, all of the knocks that came on him, uh, what people call him a, a system player and being a product of all that was around him in Philly, he's not helping his case right now, even though the Panthers as a team aren't running it well, but Chuba's coming in yeah. and toting the rock as well. And he's running it hard, and that's the thing people like, man. People want to see effort, hard, determination. We're not seeing that uh, 100% for Miles right now, uh, not even averaging four yards of carry. So right now things aren't. Uh, working out for him in this offense, and the fans aren't too thrilled about it. Yeah, and especially another knock against Scott Fitterer if you put a lot of pressure on him. Chuba Hubbard, as I mentioned, when we were talking about the split carries, 12 overall, 9 in the first week for Chuba, only 3 in the past two weeks. Miles Sanders, 9 in the last game, and we were asking why they didn't run it enough. Over 40 on the season. It seems like he's lost from the offense right now, but you know what question they're going to be asking, or we're going to be asking, Maybe Frank Reich will say it to his second string running back. You know what it is, right? What's that? I found you, Chuba Hubbard. (laughs) (laughs) It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio. We got more chance for you on the other side of the break. And the campus Kona Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.